We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane, and the Lakers just picked up the win against the Detroit Pistons. Much needed coming off of that bad loss to the 76ers. The Lakers, well, they gave us a stress-free win in this one. Nothing to worry about. The Lakers went in and blew out the Detroit Pistons. Final score, 133-107. to 107. On this show, we'll get into what happened, what worked for the Lakers, what is going to translate to games against some more difficult opponents. Joining me, pulling some double duty, it's Sean Davis. Sean, how you doing? Doing all right, Trev. Always good when uh, when the Lakers just dominate and we get a stress-free win like that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take it. We'll take them when we can get them, and uh, certainly better than what we had last game against the 76ers. So we will take this. Uh, Sean, I guess, I guess let's start here. The Lakers win by a large margin here. Is this just though the Pistons are bad and, and we can't take anything away? Or do you think the Lakers made some real improvements in this game? Um, I, I think the Lakers did some things that are nice, right? And you want to applaud them for it, right? Because I think if you don't, then there isn't really any way the Lakers can like, it can be like a win, right? Cause I feel like the, some of the notion right now, some of the reaction rather, mm-hmm. and some of it's justified, right? Is that, Oh, none of this matters because the Lakers won, right? Or because, or because it's the Pistons, right? Or yeah. like, Oh, you're supposed to do that. Okay, cool. If you had lost, then the reactions like up in hell, like, Oh, fire everybody. And like kind of deservedly So, right. Like that's uh like, n- fine reaction but i think there was stuff they did well tonight that i think they deserve their credit for right but you know that there is still an element of okay cool now do it in a game where you don't face a two and 16 team or whatever right so i don't know man i I still think there was some positive stuff from tonight's game yeah you know i think that uh, you're gonna get a lot of people that'll say well it's the pistons so it doesn't matter and what what if it was a closer game what if they had lost the game right i mean you can only play the team in front of you the Lakers won. They won handily. They were clearly the better team by a lot. Um, and you got to give them some credit for doing that. There are some games where teams don't show up. Tonight, we saw Lakers show up, which is what we wanted coming in. It wasn't 
so much were they going to win or were they going to lose, but were they going to really show up for this game? And I think they did. And, you know, I was saying coming in that after that loss against the 76ers, you needed to see a Lakers team that was focused, that took care of business, that got the job done against a team they should beat because anything less than that would be really troubling if they came out flat after that 76ers game. So it was about the bounce back performance and we got that. So I can't, I can't complain. Does this mean they're suddenly championship contenders and they're winning the whole thing? No, of course not. But this was the best we could have hoped for a dominant win against a bad team coming off of a bad loss for the Lakers. This was the best we could have hoped for. And the Lakers provided it. Yep. And I know we won't be able to get to it as much on this show, on on this part, right? But like you alluded to before we started, stick around for the Lakers Nation post-post game show mm-hmm. where I'll dive further into the X's and O's and the stuff the Lakers did do. Some stuff that I'm a little worried about still from tonight's game, specifically that really clunky zone that even took me like three or four possessions to get yeah. used to that the Pistons threw out. So stick around. Don't go anywhere when, the, uh, when Lakers Nation Live is over. Stick around. All right, Andrew Lee said, my only gripe is that LeBron and AD played longer than expected. I like the offensive execution, much more D-Lo fire. JHS liked what I saw. Remember, he's a project, not an immediate impact guy. So let's start LeBron and AD. LeBron in this game, uh, 29 minutes, 25 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. Anthony Davis, 29 minutes, 828.16 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks. They both played less than 30 minutes. That's there were some moments where like when LeBron was still in in the fourth quarter where you and I both said, what are they doing? But you got less than 30 minutes for LeBron. I think I think I'll take that while acknowledging that there were probably a few superfluous minutes in there. Yeah, Um, I agree with the Braun and AD stuff. I, I do think they probably played a couple more minutes than necessary, but still under 30, at least for Braun. Where did AD finish at first minutes? 29. Okay, so under 30 for both of them, technically. So I I feel fine with that. With the offensive execution, yeah, that's something to go back to a conversation we were having on playback, Trevor. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's more bad team, right? Where you could say the execution, everything it felt like worked when the Lakers were, like, when they were really playing with their their main group. I mean, specifically anything that involves LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, anything that involved those three basically worked all night long so yeah i mean just hopefully this offensive execution and three-point shooting carries over to the next game where if you take out uh like the the main guys torian hit three threes tonight lebron mm-hmm. six delo insane five for seven austin's not gonna shoot over four probably so i don't know I, i'm i'm excited i'm excited for i'm cautiously excited i for tomorrow's game against okc uh, and then JHS, because we do need to talk about OKC. We'll talk about them in a moment. But JHS, uh, this was the best we've seen from him in terms of shot making. He was three yeah. for four uh, from the field, one of two from three. Uh, he he played well. I mean, he missed some, some free throws, but got 10 minutes, scored 10 points. And this is the the first time I think the Lakers fans have seen JHS play and said, and said, Oh, okay. Hey, he's doing some stuff out there so far. He's been that guy that Lakers fans have said, well, you're not this guy. They've been upset that he's not this player or that player, um, or have said, why did they draft him period? Why not trade the pick? All that sort of stuff. 
now I'm starting to see some some positive comments. And that, that's nice to see for a guy that, um, you know, it was a selection that was much scrutinized. So good to see him come out, hit some shots, do some positive things, and even if it was in garbage time. Yeah, I mean, the, the free throw stuff, I really, I still feel this way. I really just think it's mechanic stuff, honestly. Yeah. Because, or like footwork stuff. Because he's a good enough pull-up shooter. I mean, he had a step back three, I think, tonight. Or definitely like a step back mid-range, a deep mid-range jumper. And the, like all of his jump shots that he took tonight were that he made were pull-ups, right? And that this is a very similar thing in college that we've talked about in the past, Trevor. Uh, so I, I think it's fix the mechanics and, and some of the footwork stuff. I like catch a shoot and like free throw stuff. I, I'm not, I don't know if he'll ever be a good to great shooter, but I don't think he's like this bad of a free throw shooter or this bad of a shooter in general. Honestly, mm-hmm. he had a really nice play where he drove it in, uh, uses physicality to draw a foul off the rim. So he's a good, he's a, does a good job at, you know, creating contact and drawing fouls. I don't think we got to see a bunch of the playmaking tonight, but I, I really do think it's still there. So I don't know, man. Give JHS some time. Give him some time. Yeah. I mean, the real test for him, it's going to be what does he look like in July? What does he look yep. like next year at Summer League? Has How much has he grown? That will be where we really get to tell uh, a difference for him. And and I know that's probably not the answer fans want to hear. They want to hear, no, we need a guy who can play right now. That's just never what he was going to be this season for the Lakers. Uh, all right, let's 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 do this, though, because I think there are a few candidates. Superstar of the night. Superstar of the night. What are we going with for, for the superstar in this one? I think there, there's a couple of possibilities here. Can I kick this to you? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go D-Lo. I think that we okay. have plenty of opportunities to talk Anthony Davis and LeBron. I'm going to give it to D'Angelo Russell on a night when he was on a heater. Uh, D'Lo, 13 of 17 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3. You know, we talked about this with D'Lo on a, on a recent show. I don't remember what game it was, but D'Lo was just kind of blah, didn't hit much. And people were frustrated. I said, well, look, this is this is what D'Lo is. He's Literally. also games where he is red hot and he carries you on the offensive end. He's going to have down nights too. But on the nights when he's hot, it's great. It takes some of the burden off of LeBron, off of AD. That's what we saw tonight. Again, 35 points, nine assists. He was dishing out there. Uh, did did a lot for the Lakers in this game. And uh, now, though, the criticism is going to be. But here's the thing, Sean. The criticism now is going to be, well, he only did it against a bad team. Again, exactly. Right. And that's that's what. So there's no winning. Right. If people don't like D'Angelo Russell, there is no winning. If he plays well against a bad team, it's going to be it was. Well, it was against a bad team. If he doesn't play well, it's going to be God. He can't even play well against a against a bad team. And then if he happens to play well against a better team. It's going to be, well, he doesn't do it in the playoffs, though. Right. There's, so D-Lo, there's nothing, the only thing D'Lo can do to win over the the fans who don't like him is to go nuts in the postseason, and we're months away from that. D'Lo is one of my favorite players on this team. I think I like most of this team in general, mm-hmm. but he's also the guy that probably irritates me the most at the same time because I think he just leaves so much on the table with his inability to get to the rim consistently when he gets there he is good legitimately he's like he's a 66 percent shooter at the rim this year Delo right? is Delo is that's the problem because he's he's not a guy who's got like who's got the hops he's not a guy who's 
yeah. you know, just this insane finisher. He's not getting up and throwing the ball down over people. That yeah. that that speaks to his skill and craftiness. Yeah, so he's a really, that was actually my point. He's a really crafty finisher around the rim, but the problem is that it's always been this problem, actually kind of sets this uh, until this year, and he's still not great at it, is that he just can't get there consistently. He's almost always been a really good finisher when he's gotten there, right? But you combine now the fact that he's getting there a little bit more, and we're getting more so Minnesota Dilo, which is what I've been asking for, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's 41.9% on the year. This is including tonight uh, from three. But the more important number, in my opinion, is that he is 38.3% on pull-up threes. So you combine that with the elite catch-and-shooting stuff he already has, yeah. then do you have a guy that I think legitimately be a big piece for you in the playoffs this, this time around? So, But with that being said, I'm going to go with AD tonight since you went with D'Angelo Russell. Speaking of D'Lo, he made such a point of emphasis to give Anthony Davis the damn ball force feed and him. just force feed him the ball. And yeah, we force feed your seven foot tall player that just so happens to be the best player on the team or can be the best player on the team. Let me choose my words wisely there. Um, so I don't anger any stands. Then, yeah, I mean, good, good stuff happens. AD was awesome tonight. I think he was a eater of worlds defensively as well. Even though he only had three blocks, I'm saying even though because the expectations for him are crazy high, he deterred so many shots tonight at the rim. So, I mean, Anthony Davis, this is the two-way play that, you know, we are we, – we know we can get from Anthony Davis on a pretty consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hope is that this can be consistent uh, from AD, at least something, you know, close to – this kind of production he's not going to get 16 rebounds every night he's not going to score 28 points every night but if you can get a double double on a nightly basis um, that's really what you need out of ad and i'm talking about double double with 20 ish points that would be that would be ideal and d'lo feeding him the ball would go a long way just got to get him those touches um let's let's get into this <laughs> face reality star in your role demoy hodge he made a three he said, just kidding. D'Lo, monster game. If only he could play this way consistently. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely needs consistency. But, but some of it is when you shoot a high volume of threes, inconsistency comes with the territory. That's just, it's the way it goes. But um, but yeah, that's that's the chief complaint about D'Angelo Russell, for sure. It's the, it's the lack of consistency. And I've got people in the chat that are saying, well, Zach Levine is better. That's the thing, though. The question is, not... Zach Levine... What's that? Zach scored four points yesterday. Did he? Did you? I didn't see that. Um, the The question isn't Zach Levine versus D'Lo, though. Right? Like, there is no straight-up Zach Levine for D'Lo trade. That's not how that would work at all. It's D'Lo probably plus Rui or plus Gabe and Austin or something. I mean, it's to make the money work, you're talking about stacking up a number of It's not D'Lo versus Zach. That's not a thing. <laughs> I didn't. Highlight of the game was Hayes. Oh my God, I got a charge. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't catch that. When we were on playback. I didn't catch it either. That's funny though. If he said that, that's funny. By the oh way, Jack God, injury, uh, elbow soreness. Hopefully, he is okay. Uh, didn't return to the game, but this wasn't a game that they really needed him to return to. So. Fingers crossed there. Hopefully he's all right, but didn't sound like it was anything too serious. Uh, maybe the coaching staff will give us a little more info after the game here. 
Mission 86, who is now a channel member. Welcome in. By the way, guys, Friday, we're going to be doing a live show uh, on Friday. And channel members get to come and actually join us on stage for live shows. So if you haven't checked out the uh, the members-only lives, we do we try to do one a week. Members get to come on stage and join us and all that. Check out the YouTube channel membership program. Click the join button. You can see all the other perks in addition to that that we offer. Um, so again, check that out. I think it's, I think, again, I'm biased, but I think it's a pretty cool program. So check out the Lakers Nation YouTube channel membership program. And you can come join us uh, on Friday for our members only live show. Uh, but he said a needed win. More importantly, we beat my boss's team. So I don't have to hear about it for a month. I'll take it. Now again, master lock my boss. I like it. I like it. You got it. You got to make sure you get that. Anytime there's bragging rights on the line, particularly when it's workplace related, you got to get that win. Yeah. And also really quickly, I I gave Zach Levine too much credit. He had two points last night. Two points? Oh, my gosh. Yikes. And they got blown out by the Celtics. De destroyed. Man. Yikes. Uh, Barker said, love that the Lakers have taken care of business on the first night of back-to-backs this year. This is how you should really load manage. They have, they do have a, a habit of, of doing this. Oh, did he go out early? Was it last night that he went out early with injury? They're all running together for me at this point. Yes, but he still played 25 minutes. So uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, that's not like he you. went out with within five minutes or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, the Lakers have been good on the first night of back-to-backs. Now, uh, Sean, one trend, though, that we've seen is that what we've been looking at over the course of the season on the first night of back-to-backs is we've said, oh, the Lakers won in a blowout. LeBron only had to play 20-ish minutes or whatever. He should be good tomorrow night. No, that hasn't been the case. So far on the season, LeBron has looked noticeably slower, more lethargic, less energy on the second night of back-to-back, -back, even if his minutes are fairly limited in that first night. So yeah. that that concerns me a little bit for tomorrow, Sean. Yeah, part of me almost wants to say, Bron, if it, if you have to do all this stuff to recover for a second night of a back to back, just don't play the second night. Yeah, or like, don't play the first night. Or like, don't play, yeah, don't play tonight. Honestly, if it's going to take you that much to get ready to play an NBA game in twenty hours or whatever, just mm -hmm. don't play tomorrow. Or don't play tonight. Get get the extra day of rest, right? So, yeah, the the Lakers in general I feel like they just come out super sloppy or whatever mm -hmm. to start off second nights of the back to back. So, and Mom mentality makes a point in the chat. Bron does the play we lose probably, but I don't know, man. I, I've you know it since this we started looking at this road trip. I had this game as being kind of a scheduled loss because typically the I last game of a road trip is a trap game because the team's looking forward to getting back home to their families and all that stuff. Um, and then on top of that, it's the second night of a back to back. On top of that, you're playing a good team in OKC that's got young legs. Um, yeah, I mean right right now I just pulled it up. OKC is a six and a half point favorite for this game. That's about right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty heavy favorite, and that's not a surprise. I This is going to be a very, very difficult game. And by the way, guys, that's not us being critical of LeBron either. He's 38. He's going to be 39 in a month. I'm not expecting yeah. him to be great on the second night of a of a back-to-back. -back. He shouldn't have to be. No, right, exactly. So I, I think tomorrow's game against OKC is going to be a tough one. Hey, I hope, I hope, 
that they come out there and surprise us all and they win the game. But I, I'm not expecting a lot from the Lakers in tomorrow's game. Let's see here. We've got uh, Maddie James said, I'd like to see a bit more of AD bringing the ball up. Crazy as it sounds, but it really looked like it would mess up the opponent's defensive schemes and spacing was insane. Point AD? I don't I don't trust his handle enough to have him bringing the ball up all the time. If we're talking New Orleans Pelicans AD, sure. And like especially especially after the rebound. I think I'm I'm hoping this is more so what we're talking about here like grab the rebound you're able to push it right uh we'll call like bust outs or whatever right i'm not opposed to that or whatever right but this version of the lakers team this version of ad these shooters yeah no i don't i don't think it's necessary and also that puts you even more into more five out scenarios where i think Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on the five-out stuff anyway, right? There's been a bunch of discourse about it on social media. Yeah. But you're making it even more of a focal point in your offense where AD just sprint down and transition on offense, seal early, and maybe we could find you earlier on and, you know, post up opportunities. So not really. I kind of rather just see AD run the floor and see, and post up there. Yeah, I, I also wonder about what's the the physical toll of having him bring the ball up all the time, initiating the offense more consistently. It, it gets the gets him some more touches, I suppose, but I, I would rather accomplish that with touches in the paint or at like least tonight. or at least, you know, fifteen feet out and getting him touches there and letting him attack. Yeah, rather than um yeah, rather than bringing the ball up. Uh Ree said these games where Delo frustrates you just inconsistent and feel like this would have been perfect back-to-back to to rest LeBron. So the Lakers should have rested LeBron against the Pistons because they could beat the Pistons without him and then played him the second night against the Thunder. What do you think about it? Because he is is listed as questionable every single game with his calf issue. It wouldn't be difficult for the Lakers to pull him out of a game and just say, oh, he's not going to play in this one. Should that have been the strategy here for the Lakers? Rest LeBron against Detroit so that he can play against OKC? That's what I'm saying. Like, if that's so, let's see. When's the Lakers next back to back? I would, I would definitely consider doing that. It, it, rest him against. He's like you said. He's gonna be in the injury report as questionable for most of the year, if not the entire season. Mm-hmm. So your next back to back is Dallas and San Antonio, December 12th, December 13th. It sucks okay. that it's not that far out. But mm-hmm. play LeBron against Dallas. Rest him second night of the back to back. No need to play him against, or there shouldn't be a need, a serious need for him to play against San Antonio. One after that, Chicago, Minnesota. Okay, cool. I uh, maybe play both, but really, if you want want to feel super confident, okay, cool. Rest him against Chicago. Play him against Minnesota. Like, if you're facing an inferior team on the first night or on the second night, play him against the game where you probably need him the most. In I think that's how you should manage it. Um, now, if you're facing two really, really good teams like they do Minnesota and New Orleans back to back to 30th and 31st, okay, cool. Now you're probably screwed and you're probably needing for both, right? But I don't know. I would say it would be easier for them to adopt that strategy if Rui and Vando were, were healthy. Back. Yeah. yeah. If those guys were back, that makes it easier to do that. Because to do that in this game, 
And look, Jackson Hayes, how much is he really going to play? And we know he got the elbow issue in this one. But Cam Reddish is coming back from injury. So you are if you decide to rest LeBron in this one, you just get a player back and you're once again committing to what would essentially be an eight-man rotation. Now, maybe it can be more of than that if you end up still having a blowout win. But that's that makes it tough, right, for, for the Lakers. If you bring LeBron, if LeBron just sits and you again, another this would be what, six or seven games now in the season where they've essentially had, if the game is close, an eight-man rotation, that's tough. That's That's really tough. And so I could see why for this one, it would be really difficult to say, yes, this is what we're going to do, even though it is Detroit. But in the future, fingers crossed if they're healthy and it's Rui's back and you can rely on his scoring and, and you've got Vando back in the mix and then maybe it's, maybe it's possible at that point. Yeah, man, this team needs Rui and Vando to get back healthy. Yeah. And soon. So what we've heard on this, Darvin Ham said before the game that Jared Vanderbilt is still ramping up, that he's right on schedule, according to, to Darvin Ham. Um, sounds like it's going to be soon. Obviously, it's not going to be tomorrow. I'd be shocked if it's tomorrow against the Thunder. That's not going to. Darvin did say he's out for the road trip. So, uh, so I think Saturday against the the Rockets. That is the first possible return for Jared Vanderbilt. Remember, we haven't seen him since October seventh. Uh, maybe he comes back and plays against the Rockets. I, I hope he does, Sean. But uh, because Lakers fans have been patiently waiting, sometimes not so patiently, and uh, we can't wait to see him get back out there. I, I really, really hope we get him back for Phoenix. I think that will determine how confident I am in that Phoenix game, honestly. Do we have Vando? Because Book is back, or should be back. He did get a little banged up in tonight's game. But yeah, I think he'll be back. Yeah. So if you're a basketball junkie, then, you know, there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's so, see, man. Speaking of which, that, that's the in-season tournament. The yep. Lakers did draw the last full Lakers Nation podcast I did, uh, which was I recorded last night. We didn't yet know what day the Lakers were playing. Then after I recorded, of course, the NBA released it. They play Tuesday. They play Tuesday night. They're the second game. Uh, it'll be on TNT, and it's going to be Lakers-Suns. The winner advances to go to Las Vegas for the semifinals, and the loser will play on Friday of next week. So the game is Tuesday, Lakers-Suns. This is, again, the Lakers still have to play tomorrow against OKC. They still play Saturday against, against the Rockets. Then they'll play the Suns as part of the tournament on Tuesday. That will still count as a regular season game. If they win, they go on to play the semifinals, which I believe will be Thursday. If yep. they lose, they'll play a regular season game, non-tournament, on Friday. Um, so win, and they'll play, I believe it's Thursday again. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, in Las Vegas, if they lose, they'll play Friday against one of the other teams that's no longer in the tournament. And then uh, Saturday is the final. So if the Lakers win against the Suns, they win their next game in the semifinal. They would play Saturday the ninth uh, in the finals of the tournament, and that is the only way they get an extra game on their schedule. It's if they make it all the way to the final. Yep. Come on, Lakers, go get that five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? Why not give another feather in LeBron's cap, cap to win the first ever NBA in-season tournament cup and uh, get a little money doing it? Wouldn't be bad. Uh, Muhammad said, nice bounce back win. Good for D'Lo putting on a show. The Pistons are tough to watch. Man, Sean, that that uh, that is a bad team. That Pistons team is bad. <laughs> they are not good. They they are not they are not good at basketball. Not yeah. good at basketball. That's that's for sure. All right, let's do let's do this. Star in your role. The star in your role, for anybody who's new, the way this works, star in your role, we take not necessarily the best player, but who was it that filled their role to the best of their ability in this game? Who maximized what it was the Lakers wanted from them? Sean, what do you have? I'm going to go different from the uh, from the big three. I mean, I think it's – I could go D'Lo, but we've already talked a bunch about D'Lo tonight. So I'm going to shout out a guy that, I, that we've been very critical of recently mm -hmm. and that is torian prince hats off to you man like it. uh three three for four from three tonight was serviceable defensively tonight i thought haven't looked at the film yet but i thought he was just fine defensively and i mean three straight games of or even four of his last five games where he shot at least 40 percent from three uh yeah that's that's accurate yep yeah the 33 from three game couple of games ago but he shot 40 percent from three against dallas 33 percent from three like i said against the Cavs, but then 50 percent from three in that game against philly which we all want to get in a race out of our heads but like i said three for four tonight he's starting to get back into a rhythm these past few games and that's going to be uh it's gonna be a big thing for this lakers team if they want to get going is him refining his jumper yeah i agree 100 i think that's a that's a good pick um to get uh, to get uh, him going, Deatorian Prince to start knocking down that shot again. It's important. It's important. So let's see here. What am I going to go? Man, this is actually kind of a tough one. 
because Torian Prince is a good pick and I probably would have gone with him, but I'm trying to find somebody else. I think I should, I, I think Christian Wood is a, is a fair pick here. Nine boards, 25 minutes, didn't hit a three. That's the only real complaint, but four for nine, 12 points out there, a steal, two blocks. He did the big man things that you need him to do. He hit the boards, uh, hit his free throws. And I thought that it was just a serviceable role for Christian. Well, you know, coming in, we said Christian Wood is going to be this, this offensive guy that we know can score the basketball. And the question is, can he do the other things? Frankly, so far, he's done more of the other things than score the basketball. He's been more of a rebounder for the Lakers, been more of a, a guy who's just kind of doing the dirty work. And then every once in a while, you'll get him to chip in a few points, which is not what I expected for sure. Not what I was expecting to see out of Christian Wood this season. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the Lakers need people to do what he's doing right now. Yeah. Is it crazy to say that he might just playing like this might have found himself a, a role in the NBA more so than what he was last year as a just scorer? Yeah, potentially. As a 6'10 big that's doing the other stuff, but that can score, but isn't like the number one thing, that guy can get paid money. The guy that he was last year coming into this year, which is why he's on this vet men deal. You know, there there's a reason why I th think teams were turning away from him. But yeah, he's turning into a really nice contributor for this Lakers team. So Christian Wood on the season is averaging seven points, six rebounds, um, uh, half a block, but 30% shooting from three right now. I think he's better than that. I think that number is going to come up. I think we need to get a little bit more scoring out of him. Yeah, I think he needs to get to to double digits in scoring on a nightly basis. I think yeah, you I, do that, and some of that can be some uh, some regression coming to his three point shooting again. Shot thirty eight percent from three last season, just thirty percent so far this season. You make a few more threes, that goes a long way. But I think we need to see the the scoring turned up just a little bit, get a little bit of that back in addition to what he's doing, and that's going to really secure his spot with whether it's with the Lakers or somebody else next season. Um, he's been very focused on defense. He's been very focused on the boards. I think that's all well and good, and that's and that's really what he should be focused on. Now we need to see that scoring come back just a little. He doesn't need to be a twenty point per game guy, but at least get us to get us to ten, get us to ten a night in say twenty minutes, even like nine. I would take right. Just get get in that range, and I think that's what the Lakers ultimately will need out of him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Chris said, not anti Delo. I actually love that he's back, but notice how he shows up versus lesser opponents and low pressure situations. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know if it's just, is it like, is Delo making the conscious choice? Hey, I'm playing a bad team, so I'm going to really play well in this one. No, I don't think no. that's what's, what's happening. Uh, I would have to go look and see what what does he score against against poor teams compared to what does he score against good teams. Is there a reason why good teams are Sacramento are a good team to you? Against? Right. What's that? Sacramento's a good team to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, 28 points, five rebounds, five assists, and 35 minutes against them. Yeah. Oh, wait, was that the game where the game was over and then Dilo just started going nuts in like the fourth quarter <laughs> to boost it? Oh, I don't know. In that game. <laughs> Okay, uh, the Clippers game, I think people say the Clippers are at least solid. The Magic are a good team, 28 points, eight assists against Jalen Suggs in that defense. Mm -hmm. uh, that's somewhat impressive. I don't know, man. I think he's fine. Yeah. 
I, I think we we look for narratives with him. We we look for some type of pattern that he falls into because he doesn't have he's not very consistent with his performances, and so we look for some type of predictability, good games, bad games, and yeah. uh, and we go, oh well, it's a it's a bad team. Of course, he's going to have a good game. Oh, it's the playoffs. He's going to be terrible. I, I think there's just some some variance in his game that's built into the way he plays. Now, defense does ramp up in the postseason. I think that is somewhat real his, his playoff struggles, but. I don't know that it's a good team, bad team thing in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, even with the good team, bad team thing, he went crazy in a couple of games last season. I mean, game four through six last season against Memphis, mm -hmm. right? Which was a really good team. They were a number two seed, right? So I don't know, man. Like, I, I think I think they're fine. I think he's fine. Matty James said, apologies, last Super Chat was typing too fast. No worries. Also, I wanted Jaime Jaquez. Could we get him? He's a solid player. I mean, he could have drafted him. That's that's how you get him, is you could have drafted him. He was there on the board for the Lakers at 17. They didn't take him. Yeah. Um, the, the Heat aren't going to be, you're not going to trade for him now or anything like that. But, you know, it is it is funny, Sean. Like, why are we not hearing Lakers should have picked Cam Whitmore anymore? Because remember oh, that yeah. was a thing for, for, for a little while there? Yeah, that's odd. Huh. Now it's they should almost have like Huck is. It's almost like Cam Whitmore isn't playing. Hmm. Weird. That's funny very that interesting. <laughs> oh man. It's it's just the anytime, and this is true. This is not just Lakers fans. This is any team. Anytime your team passes or picks a guy and somebody that got drafted later than that guy looks good, you're going to be saying, why didn't we pick that guy? It's just, it's the way it goes. Be mad at them actually, legitimately be mad at them not taking Brandon Pajemski. That's what you should actually probably be mad at. <laughs> yeah. You're Sean, you know, what's, you know what's strange? I'm seeing in the chat, people are jumping on Austin Reeves' case. Uh, saying what that Austin Reeves wasn't uh, say well, saying what happened? Why is it such a low output from Austin? Austin had six points, four assists, because three boards. Three he best players for thirty. Three. Yeah, Dila went went nuts. I didn't think. I thought Austin didn't force anything in this game. He, you would yes, you would like him not to go zero for four from three, but I don't think this is a game to, especially when you win by the amount that you won by to be upset about Austin's performance or anything. Look, would you have liked to have seen more production? Sure, but he, D'Lo had it going. I mean, that's, and that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, I'm not, I, I think, I think here's the thing with Austin, right? I think the thing with Austin is if you pressure him, I think you're in trouble. I think Austin's in trouble, right? Because Austin just isn't, he isn't this like diverse ball hand or like handler in terms of like just his handling ability to like create separation in the full court especially really more so what i'm talking about here and he's just not we we know he's not a quick twitch athlete either right so where he can blow by you so he's not a guy that can blow by you and he's not a mm -hmm. guy that has a crazy handle right he's a fine athlete obviously he's in the nba and he has a fine handle but you put some of the league's better defenders on him then yeah it's probably gonna be trouble like a star Thompson is, but even late in the game, a star Thompson had him working for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing though, but I think something that might be good for you if you're a Laker fan is not very many teams have just multiple dudes to where they can say, okay, Hey, look, we're going to put 
this guy on you shut you down. This guy on yeah. D'Lo shut him down. This guy on LeBron. Like, nobody has three elite defenders, perimeter defenders on the same team. Nobody has that, right? So, okay, cool. You want to put your best, you know, guard perimeter defender on him or whatever? Okay, cool. Here, D'Lo, go cook. And that that's kind of what it was tonight. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not really, really worried about Austin personally. I, I felt like he just played within the game and didn't force anything, and I, I didn't really have a problem with it because Tilo was rocking it. Um, yeah. Adrian, uh, this is a good question for you, Sean. Have you seen any improvements in Darvin Ham's coaching from last year to this year? Uh, I think Darvin has gotten better and mixing things up defensively. I will give them somewhat credit there. Last okay. season, I, I kind of wanted to see them do some other stuff. I kind of wanted to see them, you know, maybe hedge a bit more, switch a bit more last season, last season, right? But last season, I kind of understood it, though, because it, it made more sense last year to run exclusively drop coverage, right? It, it just made more sense. This season, they, they're still, I think they're still more comfortable and more in, you know, set up to run drop, but they are better at, you know, mixing things up. They are way more willing this year to, to mix things up and hedge and switch where I think they're actually better at. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that he has gone better at that. A lot of the other stuff, I think it's either the same or maybe even slightly worse, but that is something that I think he has gone better at. I think the the improvements have not been to the degree that we would hope they would be. Sure. Not not to this point. Not to this point. Uh M Dread said Braun shouldn't have played in the fourth because of the back to back. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I I you and I were both saying, why is he still in the game right now when they were up by so much in the fourth quarter? Uh Mamba mentality, we needed a win like this after a bad loss. But what would really make Lakers Nation happy is a win tomorrow. Let's end the road trip three and one. Sean, in my mind, they're playing with house money. I, I was hoping they would go two and two on the road trip. That's now the worst case scenario. Uh, they're, it's a tough game tomorrow. I'm not expecting a win. If they do, fantastic. If they if they get a win, but it's not what I'm expecting. Uh, uh, to me, do you you you've accomplished what you needed to on this road trip. That doesn't mean you don't go out there and try to win. You do, but I'm trying to set realistic expectations for tomorrow's game. Let's go three and one, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, they have a hot shooting night. Never know. Never know. Man, it would be really nice if we had saved this hot shooting night for tomorrow. The Lakers are going to go oh, yeah. two for 42 from three tomorrow night. Yeah. And the two, three, two threes are going to be garbage time Christian Wood threes. Oh, no. Let's not let's not put that out in the world. Super dope <laughs> hip-hop. Really hope JHS uh, proves toxic, fickle Lakers Twitter fans wrong. I trust my 40-plus years of basketball. JHS uh, and IU one of the most under control, smooth two-way freshmen I've ever seen. He's very in on, on JHS being a good NBA player. I just think it, it's just going to take time. I think with young players in general, it's just it's dangerous to be out on players or label them a bust so early, even if you haven't seen much from them. There's a reason why teams selected them, and you need to give them time to, to show what it is that they've got. And, and I don't think we've seen, uh, I don't think we've seen what JHS can be. And to be honest, it's going to be years before we know exactly what JHS is going to be. But the Lakers believed in him, believed in his talent. They selected him, and we'll see what he turns into. It's one of those situations where you just have to have some patience. 
I think two things really quickly. I think one, when I evaluated Jalen Huchifino, I always thought he was going to be more of a year away anyway. I think I even went as far as saying Max Lewis might be more ready right now just because of his skill set than Jalen Huchifino. But I also think with young guards, I think we're starting to see it now with these younger guards that are coming out a lot earlier. I think mm-hmm. you need two years before you can really definitively say something about them, right? Like Jalen Suggs, perfect example, yeah. right? First year, stunk it up. Last year, flashed some some nice stuff. But you're like, eh, I, I still need more. This year, he has been a rock star, right? Heading into tonight, 43% from the floor. I think it's up to 36% from three now. Yeah, and the defense. The de- all-NBA defender now, right? Uh, Scoot Henderson, my guy, the number two overall pick. He hasn't looked that good this season so far, right? And there's other cases of this now. So I don't know, man. I'm not, not out on Jalen Huchifino in any way. I always thought he was going to be at least a year away. I do agree with the analysis, though, towards the end. Definitely super under control, super poised, too. Like I said, I just don't think we've seen the uh, the playmaking yet, but I think it's still there. He hasn't had the opportunity to flash it off. I think he has the vision for it. M. Dredd said, yay, the rookie score. Yes, indeed. Uh, Suits, after last season, anytime we can blow anyone out, it's a big win. I don't care if we're supposed to beat them. We beat them. There we go. Here's the attitude. Yep. All right, let's get into our favorite award of the night. Might be kind of difficult on this one. We need to do the master lock of the night. Chat, if anybody's new, doesn't know the way this works, we take whatever was the most annoying thing from the night and we Put it in. Chris, the masterpiece, master's finishing hold, the master lock. We vent. We get out some of our frustrations. So let me know, chat. What should you master lock tonight? Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. As you can see, some of the YouTube channel members are using the master lock emoji. They're ready for it. (laughs) It's now. This has now become a thing. Every time... The master lock comes up. It does not matter who the Lakers are playing. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is recommended for the master lock, which I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed. Um, what What are you doing with your master lock tonight, Sean? Yeah, it's nothing to do with tonight's game. I don't know if you talked about it on the last show, but I am master locking Patrick Beverly for that corny ass, oh. excuse my language, comedy man on his podcast. And I All get right. it. Part of it is getting clicks for it. But gosh, that was really corny. I think he was serious. That was so corny. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, he was he was taking shots at Austin Reeves, saying that he was he was getting revenge on Reeves for hitting him with the too small and the last time they played and all this stuff. And it was it was funny because he hit LeBron with the too small. The, the game prior- before. Right. In L.A., in LeBron's hood. Like, come on, man. Knock it off. Right. Yeah. It was, again, it was all about everybody look at me. Look at me. I am going to go up, and Damon's got it. LeBron getting a technical for a flop. Now, did LeBron flop? Well, he took contact, and he fell down. So that's, to me, that's that's embellishment. That's he. There was actual contact there. Should he have fallen down? Did the did the contact necessitate him falling to the ground? No. But my problem is that's a totally routine play in the NBA when you're trying to take a charge. Nobody stays on their feet, even if it's minimal contact. 
You can say, well, that's not how it should be or whatever. But if that's the case, if that is what the flop rule is intended to be applied for, then we should see the flop technical called every night. Right? We should see that called. <laughs> right? I mean, we should see that called every single night then. If that's if that is the the standard that is going to result in a technical foul, then this should be called every night. We should see flop technicals all game long, right? How you know, Joel Embiid even stays in games is a, is a wonder if that is the standard that has to be reached in order to create a flop technical. And I think that's part of the problem too. We don't know what is it that, that you're going to call versus what are you not? What triggers a flop technical when you, we can see guys who are you know, embellishing contact all game long and it doesn't turn into a technical foul. So if you're going to call that, Call all of them. Call all of them. That's that's my master lock. Is, is that 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 one in particular was called? You can't just do that. You can't just pick and choose. Oh well, this one we're going to call, and then you let the previous fifty from all the games across the league go with nothing. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Trevor. I just had something nope. stuck in my throat. I think it's then <laughs> probably drilling me. Um, yeah, the. <laughs> getting suspensions for the amount of flopping he does. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... And people even he saying, had to have flopped at least 10 times when we played him the other night. Oh, sure. And people are saying that, that Jokic flops a lot too. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of players that embellish contract, and there's a reason you benefit from it. But if we're going to put this anti-flopping rule in, which I'm not opposed to getting rid of, of flopping, it just needs to be consistent. And that was not consistency there. All right, let's get to this. And I'm seeing a lot of people agreeing with the flop master lock. <laughs> All right. Torian Prince, Hayes, and Rui. For Martin Washington and Nick Richards, salaries match. Look it up. Are you taking that trade? I'm hanging up the phone. I love Nick Richards, by the way, but I'm hanging yeah. up the phone. And PJ Washington? Oh, I didn't even see PJ for some reason. Yeah, PJ Washington's in there too. Cody Martin? Uh, I still think I say no. But the fact that like PJ is also involved is a little bit more interesting. Like, you're, not, you're not hanging up that phone. I'm not hanging up right away, at least. You're not you're not hanging up. I still but, say no, though. Yeah. All right. Maddie James said, oh, D-Lo's on my fantasy team, and I could hardly sit after that win and showcase. Go Lakers. It's how you come out after being embarrassed. Yep. And, hey, if D-Lo was on your fantasy team, you had a good night. That's for sure. Yeah. DJ, D-Lo heard all of you saying he should be traded. If this was the first time, maybe, but anytime D'Lo has a bad game, we get tons of trade D'Lo comments. Anytime he has a good game, we get tons of you know other comments. It's trade somebody else who was bad. It's just it's the roller coaster that we ride. That's the roller coaster. Brad V signed up for a monthly membership with the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. I think channel. it's saying, wait, I think it's saying that Brad V's been a member for one month. Oh, you're right. He has been a member for one month. Yeah, that's what it is. 
I was misinterpreting that. You're right. Glad to have you here, Brad. Uh, this one says, hoping that this win won't lead to complacency tomorrow. They better show up and show out against OKC. Game two is a back-to-back. Shouldn't be scheduled losses. I mean, they kind of are, but yeah. I don't know, man. I I think tomorrow is going to be uh, going to be a tough one, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do show up and show out, and and they're great, and and the Lakers get a win in OKC, and they finish the road trip three and one. That would be fantastic. That would be a joy. All right, let's do a few more, and then we will uh, give way, Sean, to your show, the Lakers Nation post post game show. AW. So, what are your thoughts on Bogdan Bogdanovich to the Lakers? Great perimeter shooter, can shoot off the dribble, etc. I mean, I've always liked him. The question is, though, like, what do you have to trade to get him? How do you make all that work? Yeah. What's he shooting? I'm trying to see what he's shooting this year. Let's Hawks see. Eight and nine. Yeah. Uh, this season, he is a game, 39% from three, 16 points per game. Yep. Three boards, two assists. I mean, he's a, he's a nice player. Yeah. I mean, what are you giving up again? Like Trevor said, I guess that determines what I'm, uh, whether or not I'm saying it yes or no. I'm not so, opposed to it necessarily arguing him. Bogdanovich, 18.7 million this season, 17.2 million, then 16 million, and then a team option for 16 million. So four years under contract. It's a declining deal, though. Like, Okay, Bogdanovich for Rui actually is very, very easy math. Would you do that? That's just in terms of contracts. I don't think so. Yeah, stick with Rui. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Super Dope Hip Hop said, Lakers should have brought back Schroeder. Start him with Austin Reeves. Delos the sixth man and give Eric Gordon the money you gave Prince. Uh, then a banger big with any money left over. Uh, no Gabe. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But yeah, look, Dennis, it's easy to say Dennis over the guy who's hurt in in Gabe Vincent. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much starting mattered to Dennis Schroeder or if the Lakers had just offered Dennis the money. I know getting the full mid-level was something that mattered to him. So if the Lakers had just offered that, do they does does Dennis stay? Maybe. And then if that's the case, maybe you could say it was a missed opportunity. Uh, as far as Eric Gordon money, I think it was a surprise that he took the minimum from Phoenix. I don't think anybody was necessarily expecting that. There was one point though where people were saying the mid level from the Lakers was going to go to Eric Gordon, and people were not thrilled. Oh with that. man, I was going to be so mad. Yeah. But now the the Lakers mid level essentially went to Gabe Vincent, and and at this point you'd probably say, well. Eric Gordon's been more impactful than Gabe Vincent, certainly. But that's you know due to injury. But at this moment right now, yes, if the Lakers had done those things, they'd, they'd be in better shape right now, probably. Right? But who knows if that's the way things will finish. I still think it's... If we've yeah. seen four regular season games of Gabe Vincent, it's too early to be out on him. I don't buy that he's a 7% three-point shooter. I'm really curious to see what he can do when he gets back. Yeah, I can assure you, Gabe Vincent isn't going to come back and shoot one for 14 from three. No, that's just not, that's not what he is. 
All right, Three Theory, who has also been a member for a month. You know uh, the blowout win, the win by blowout on the first night of a back-to-back and then lose on the second night. That's the Lakers' MO. Hopefully, the Lakers ditch that MO and play good ball tomorrow. That's all we can hope for. Play well tomorrow. And look, so far, they've been poor in the second night of back-to-backs. Hopefully, that's not the case tomorrow. Uh, D'Lo is the third option, if that. What do people really want from him when we're supposed to be playing through AD and LeBron and then Austin Reeves? Huh? Uh, he said, why Why are people upset with DeAndre? Why, why does D'Lo get so much criticism when he's on this team? He's at best, he's the third option. Okay, never mind. Please continue. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. Like he's, and he's not, he's just, he's inconsistent. But, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I've made peace with the inconsistency. Yeah, I think I think it's also a lot easier to be inconsistent when you're making seventeen million dollars and not yeah. forty million dollars or thirty-five. Yes. Yeah, like if you're the if you're money making thirty million, you're not you're being paid to be consistent. If you're making seventeen million, the rest of your team is built out enough to where you can be inconsistent, and that's okay. Yeah. Like we're paying him $17 million and he's averaging like 18 points and six assists. I will take that for $17 million. Yeah. Uh, Suits said Rondo archetype player is the missing piece that unlocks our bigs. Uh, I think if you want to go guard, a quick twitch guard is what's the missing piece. Mm-hmm. I think especially, that's what it especially is. Especially on the defensive end too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll see if the Lakers do target that skill set before the trade deadline. we got a long way. February 8th is the trade deadline, so we've got a ways to go. Um, I do think the Lakers are going to make some deadline moves. I just don't know what those are going to be just yet. It's too early. Too early to know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for me. We're going to start Sean's show, though, the post-post-game show. He's going to do a deeper dive into the advanced analytics. But I do appreciate you guys joining for the Lakers Nation live show. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out that membership program. Click the Join button and see the perks that Lakers Nation has to offer. That's it for me, everybody. Stick around. Hang out with Sean. He's going to break down some of the advanced stats. Till next time, see ya and stay safe.